0: Hi, Cosplay's by Shinobi here. I am with a special guest, Phil Falcone of the Terrifier franchise. He's a producer and special effects assistant. How's it going, Phil? How you doing, man? Glad to be here. Um, Thanks for being here. I mean, let's just dive into it. I mean, how, how does it feel to be a part of this successful franchise now?
1: Well, it's pretty cool. You know, Um, it it wasn't my first career. This is like uh, my third or fourth career, basically. Um, But I'm having fun. Uh, It was great um, getting into it. I always wanted to be in film. Um, Never really uh, got the chance, so to speak. But uh, I'm loving it now.
0: It's amazing. So I met you at the Rocky Mountain Nightmares uh, in Colorado. And we had some really cool discussions and I consider myself a horror aficionado, and I was disappointed that I had not seen Terrified Two at that point. And I promised you and Jonathan and Damon that I was going to watch it that night, which I did, and I was not disappointed. Good, good. Glad to hear that. It was, it was, it was a lot. Now, as as we remember, as I found out. There were a lot of people vomiting in theaters when they saw it. There were were a lot of people passing out, fainting. How did you push the edge
1: so far? Well, did you, you did you expect this from people, the response? Definitely not the throwing up or the passing out, but, um, we did push it far. Um, you got to give Damien credit. Uh, he, uh, he likes that. And, uh, I love it now. I, I was never really into this part of the horror genre, but I wanted to learn special effects, and Damien uh, Damien was willing to teach. And um, I, I've come a long way. We've we've done a lot of things. He pushes me, I push him, so it's a, it's a good combo because we we really got a lot of things done. We had hired a uh, special effects crew for Terrifier 2, and they bailed um, a couple of like about a month and a half before we started. And um, I had just had open heart surgery, so I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it. But uh, when they bailed, I said, screw it, Don, let's go. And uh, we started, and I'm glad because I love that.
0: It's amazing work. And also, kudos because you're actually showing that practical effects still work. Everything doesn't
1: have to be VFX. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, it's all practical effects. It's um, maybe 1% or 2% of CGI, if that. Very, very little CGI. We really show everything that's on screen we did by hand. So great crew, great people involved. I had a lot, I had a lot of fun.
0: Now, the first Terrifier had a budget of $35,000? Yep.
1: Yeah. It's a really good movie for a thirty-five thousand dollar budget, but it, you know it's it's thirty-five thousand in cash. But uh, the amount of work that was put in by uh, Damien, George Stuber, myself, um, had a few other people on there, but not many. I think I think our crew was four or five people. Um, it was not a big crew. We we Damien and I three four months of prep work for the special effects. Um, in, in in uh in an apartment in staten island so you know that that type of special effects damien uh puts into it is probably a lot more money than the thirty five thousand than that we show wow you know, that's that's a lot of work you can't you can't put a number on it that's uh like i said that's at least three months of steady work between me and him it's incredible work and
0: there was one particular scene in The first terrifier that I think everyone is going to be burned in everyone's memory.
1: And, and that's the hack sauce scene. Yeah. What was it like recording that? Oh God. Um, getting to that point was, was wild, but recording it was, was fun, but uh, you got to give Catherine props. I mean, Catherine Corcoran, she actually hangs from that contraption that we built and uh, we had to just keep picking her up, but god she she went through hell for that. um but it's worth it. I mean, you see it at the end uh it, it's it's something that you know it, it it's it's a joy for us because it worked. but you know getting to that point was a lot of work. wow that's that's incredible
0: i I, I can't imagine being a part of a scene like that. Just absolutely incredible. Spectacular. And Art the Clown, I think it's become an iconic iconic horror secret now.
1: I even saw a couple of Art the Clowns at Comic-Con this past weekend. Yeah, it's it's taken on a life of its own, without a doubt. The fans have uh, welcomed Art into their houses and into their hearts. So, um, yeah, we're pretty proud of that. Uh, Damien uh, created a character that We'll proud I will definitely will live on forever now but um has become a, a franchise so it's it's pretty cool as long as uh the fans keep loving it we'll keep making it
0: and a clown it's a clown there have been other other iconic clowns uh pennywise come to mind but art has made his own way in a, in a totally different manner David he's able to act out
1: and portray art without even speaking well that's the uh that's the character that damien had created was a a mute clown and um i think that's one of the the coolest things about him is there's no sound so you know it's a little creepier than if he had actually talked i believe and i think that's what makes him so special and the quirkiness that uh, Damien asked Dave to bring to the table has really really worked because um, you know you get this horrific scene and then you get to laugh while he's doing it it's it's insanity with with joy I I don't, I don't know how to explain it but it's like a combination it's 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 craziness it, it really is it's it's different from anything I've seen I love it. Now,
0: after Terrifier one, it was it was successful, and you still had to go through kind of a crowdfunding for the next movie. And I think you only wanted fifty thousand dollars originally, but that ended up ballooning to like two hundred fifty thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, two hundred fifteen. Out of that, we got to spend on the film approximately a uh, hundred thousand. You know, we had a. We had to buy things for the, for the uh, Indiegogo and everything, but that helps huge, maybe $100, 115 um, And then uh, another $120, 130 was put in. Um, so the, the whole film cost us, I think, $248,000 to make the film. Um, but again, you know, like Terrifier, the original Terrifier, only this time we were in my basement, but Damien and I, uh, spent a good part of five months building the special effects. You know, that's the first time I ever tried to do an animatronic, which worked out. Um, Damien wanted to reshoot a couple of things because um, a couple of the scenes were falling flat and um, COVID came and it got us a chance to breathe and re, you know, re uh, remake some of the prosthetics. And, I think that helped in a way. It's a shame to say that COVID helped us, but it did because it got us a, a chance to sit down and fulfill his dreams on how to get certain scenes done.
0: Honestly, I think the shocker for that is, so Terrifier 1, people liked the movie, but there was some criticism that it faced that said it it, it didn't, it didn't have a, a great story. Now, part right,
1: two. I couldn't agree more. To, I agree more with, it, it, I'm sorry to cut you off. That I couldn't agree more. I told Damien on many occasions. I said you could have black leader that just says, uh, "Come back in five minutes. Go to the bathroom. Go buy some popcorn. Um, we're we're going to have another kill in five minutes." That that would have been good enough.
0: I mean, it it it, it was a gore fest. It it really That's was a about. gore fest. And for horror fans like myself, we welcome that. But part two, you escalated things quite a bit. You actually had a really good story, right? Which you had to have because the runtime of the movie was
1: two plus hours. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, uh, just to give you a little backstory on that, um, it scared me when I read the script because Terrify is script. I told Damien, like I said, it was. Nothing but a gore fest, like you said. Um, but on Terrifier too, I liked the script so much that I said that scares me because I wasn't thrilled with script one, and we did really well. Script two, they, you know, they might not uh, go for it. Then when he did the <laughs> when he did the cut and he sent it to me and I looked at it, I said, "Oh my God!" I said because I said what he told me. He said it's going to be like two hours and five or ten minutes, and I said, "Wow, that's too long." I said, let me see. So I, I watched it, and I said, to be honest, I said you're going to cut a couple of seconds here and there. It's not worth it because the story's there, and you're going to have to cut story, not the kills. So I said, screw it. And what did we do from there? We ended up adding like another ten minutes with that final kill scene. So it, 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 you know, to me, the the hour, the two hours and ten, two hours and twenty minutes, it didn't feel like that to me. And if it didn't feel like that to me, it's definitely not going to feel like that to a a horror hound and of course
0: david was great spectacular as as art the clown uh Dave does a terrific
1: job as art the clown without a doubt
0: lauren was also amazing
1: as the final girl lauren in the movie yep lauren levera she's amazing and I, i'll tell you what uh when we first started doing it damian was thinking about getting a. Uh, um a stunt person to do the the riskier um, or the more physical aspects of the role, and uh, Lauren had was talking about how she was, you know, into martial arts and into body conditioning. So I grabbed her and fake threw her against the wall, and Damien got a little nervous, and he's like, "What the fuck are you doing, man?" And I was like, "She's cool, she's cool," and she's like, oh, "Yeah,
0: yeah." <laughs> so I said,
1: "I don't think we need a, a, a stunt person," and. Lauren did all her own stunts, except for, I believe, just, I think it's only one stunt that she didn't do, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure it was only one stunt, and that was the, the free fall, which is a long fall. Uh, we didn't risk that with her. Okay. I mean, it's just amazing
0: work. And one thing that's really interesting, and I'm sure we're going to find out more about this in the future, but there's a lot of, I think, people wondering, there's this supernatural element with art, is is he seems to be unkillable. And it's, it's really interesting, but what happened with Lauren or Sienna, she had this supernatural element to her as well. So it was like the, the arch... You know, arch nemesis for Art the Clown, and she was able to combat him. Like, how is this going to be elaborated on in, in the in the next movie? Well, that that's up to
1: Damien to reveal. I I could tell you this. Um, you know, when you do a a, a horror icon like this, or a horror um, persona, I should say, because icon is still down the road, hopefully. Um, but when when you have a persona like this. There has to be something to it where he is sort of kind of invincible, say, like there's always going to be some Bane that gets him. Even like Superman, there's kryptonite. Um, so what you have to do is you, you have to weigh where you're going with it. And I think Damien did a good job. We, we were very nervous about that aspect of it. But, um, you know, you have to have that come in. Otherwise, it's really going to be a short lived process. Process, You know, you're going to be maybe one, two movies and done. Um, so you bring that aspect in and I think it's worked well. Um, you know, we, we did worry about that. I did anyway. Um, it, it's a scary thing when you go there and you try to make something. But I think the way Damien handled it was was done very well. I'm a little biased by the way. So <laughs> that's, that's, you
0: know. I think it was, it was done very well too. Uh, there's there's a lot of creative elements also because art, he has this showmanship to him as well mm-hmm. with his kills and, and how he does everything. And he served candy to kids out of an actual head. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a crazy mind. Damien's playing with a crazy <laughs> mind. I, I hate to be in between those He is. <laughs> it's,
0: it's it just when you think you see it all in Terrifier. The first Terrifier. Terrifier 2 just takes it like times 100 to the max. And some of the kills in there were just incredible. Now, there's always going to be that one scene. I don't know specifically where people were getting nauseated and, and passing out specifically when they saw this in theaters. I'm sure this also helped all the marketing, right? Now you're actually selling uh, vomit bags with, with
1: Art the Clown yeah, on it, them and things like that. So you're, you're leaning into it. And, <laughs> and it wasn't part of the marketing. That just happened organically. Um, people started writing about it, and it was not us. Um, I could tell you, like, You know, a lot of people think it's the bedroom scene and everything. That's the great. I I tell you, the one that gets me is abracadabra. That's the one that gets me when 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 that cleaver hits his neck. To me, that that kill is so realistic. It's like, what? Um, And Jonathan, uh, Jonathan (laughs) excuse me, he uh, he he played a great role. I love that man. You know, I, I mess with him all the time when I see him, but that kill. God, I, it's, that I,
0: when, when I met him and I said, hey, I'm going to watch this movie tonight, I'm going to say, I know I know the trope for black people. I said, I'm pretty sure you're not going to survive this movie, but I'm uh, going to watch it. And uh, he did he not survive?
1: Yeah, he did not survive. And I tell you what, with the terrifying movie, I don't care what color you are, what you're nationality not, you are. Yeah, <laughs> there's a good chance you ain't making it out. <laughs> you know? I don't I don't know I don't know that many people will walk away from a, a terrifying no. film. No.
0: No, it, it
1: Yeah, it's pretty much pretty much everybody's
0: game. Everybody's <laughs> game. And there was speaking of the bedroom scene, the bedroom scene. I mean, just when you thought it was it was over. Art was like, I'm not done. I am not. This is, this is my special piece that's going to be in the Louvre of horror. (laughs) And he continued to push and push and push with doing different things. And I was like, how far is this going to go? You see the end
1: when mom walks in the room, you're like, Oh my goodness. Uh, That was, that was one of the scenes that COVID helped. Um, you know, when we first shot it, Damien was like not thrilled with the scene. And I said, Ah, we gotta end this thing, man. <laughs> we gotta we gotta get this film out. Um, but uh when we sat back, he goes, I really need to spice that up. We gotta top the uh the hacksaw scene. He was asking me to do things. I was like, he's like, Can you get this to move? Can you do that? I was like, Man, that's tough. But we got it, you know, it, it was cool and gotta give Casey Hartnett uh props, boy. She was a trooper, man. When we shot this film, it, it couldn't be more than 30 degrees. And oh. she was, she was almost bare ass naked, uh, with that blood, which gets very cold. Um, man, she, she trooped it, And you know, if she doesn't pull it off, that scene sinks and she pulled it off that she did a really great job. And while we're giving uh, props, got to give them to Kaylee Hyman as well. Um, she was in the uh, the other bathroom scene in the uh, in the Terrifier, yeah, oh. you know, that that kill scene. And I tell you, Kaylee, you could take every one of Kaylee's cuts, every one of her cuts, and you could use it in the film. She was that spot on. Amazing. There's it's just
0: a lot of talent involved in the entire process, and it just it it all y'all came together to make something special.
1: Ah, thank now, you, thank you so
0: much. Now there are some people, famous people, that were complimented in this movie. One of those, Stephen
1: King himself. Oh yeah, when that happened, I- Damien, Damien shot me a text. <laughs> you believe this shit? I was like, wow, that's pretty cool.
0: That's that's you're on. You know you're under something. Yeah, I don't. I don't see him say a lot about. Movies that are current.
1: Yeah, he, so. he he came through. He he said something nice, and I was like, "Wow, that's pretty awesome." That's pretty awesome. Listen, you you got to be proud of it. And the truth is, I'll, I'll I'll say it till the day I die. The fans made this happen because they believed and they pushed. Um, you know when I when, like I said, I I, I don't see many horror films and whatnot until I started doing this. Uh, When we were done with Terrifier One, we went to, uh, we weren't on Netflix at the time. So we still hadn't gone to Netflix. And I had gone to the first horror con that I had ever gone to. And it was in Arizona. And I was sitting next to Damien and people were coming in. And like I said, it wasn't even on Netflix yet. And there were people coming in and knew who Arthur Clown was. They were coming in with Art the Clown shirts on, which nobody was making yet. So it was like, what? I was, and I was looking and I, you know, I turned to him and I said, how old is Freddy Krueger? And he, Nightmare on Elm Street. And he told me, and I said, what about, uh, you know, like Halloween and Jason? And he's telling me the years that it's been. And I said, we're going bigger, baby. This thing. This thing could be huge, and um, so you know, like a lot of people ask us, did you did you expect it to be this big? And I got to be honest, I you know we didn't expect the theater run, that was new to us, but we did expect the fan base to grow, especially after Netflix. You know, after it hit Netflix, Terrifier, it it, it sort of had a pop going. So when when we were doing Terrifier two, it was like you know, you see, you see this the scene. You know, we we film most of Terrifier two in my barn upstate, and we built those scenes. You know, we built those sets. You know, Damien wanted certain things, and I said, "Yeah, we can do it. We can do it." And uh, most of those sets are built upstate, um, and we we didn't have the budget to do a Hollywood film, but we we had the budget and we had the right people. You know, I called on friends from my childhood. That I hadn't seen in 40 years, 50 years. Uh, one of them is Louis Mandarin. And um, I said, Louis, I never worked with metal before. I need a couple of things made out of metal. I said, you know, could you help me out? He goes, yeah, we built my, um, you know, I built the tank for the Clown Cafe, the tank right. where uh, Warren's in. I built that in my backyard, but I needed bands around it out of, made out of metal. And Louis, he actually helped me put it together and he put the bands on it. He made the, 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 the grills for the gate, the uh, bars in the windows. This is a guy I haven't seen in like, like I said, forty years, and it was like meeting him, hanging out with him forty years ago, and he came through. A friend of mine, Joe Pagano, got us uh, Nelly Bly for the carnival. So it's things oh, wow. like that. A guy Frank Procopio, who owns uh, the Fright Factory, um, through Warren Lapray, got us. A, you know, he gave us his place and said, "Go shoot there." So you know. I'll, he, Because we we did so many things and people believed in us so much, that's how this thing exploded so big. And that's how we got to do the production value that we got. So, you know, it it had a lot to do with, I'm going to say, you know, meeting people like Damien and George and the Fuzz on the Lens kids. um, A lot of people got to know us and were opening their arms for us, you know, and their hearts. So it, it made the production grow.
0: So amazing, and the set for the cafe that was that was so well done. Oh man, that thing was built in three days. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like, here's 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 something I would love to see. You know how uh, people have like these pop up things or, or something like that. Do you have like a cafe pop up? You have Art the Clown there, You're, you you know, people people eating the Art Krispies or something like that. That would be a really cool experience. I feel like there could be like a pop-up, like a terrified museum, and the set pieces are like literally the victims. Uh, <laughs> trust
1: me, we, we talked about it. We talked about <laughs> so many things because the whole all the sets are still in place. Oh, wow. It's still in place. It's all in my place upstate. That would be
0: incredible to see in person, and I'm sure a lot of fans would would flock there to be a part of that. <laughs> now, Terrifier Two is successful; it's, it's it's crazy successful compared to the budget. Like it's is it's kind of unheard of what you know the run, the theatrical run you had, and the, the mm-hmm. you just had another theatrical run this past weekend. Yeah, Terrifier. And how does that feel to to have, I guess, people want to see it in theaters. You have a run. You're going against Oppenheimer and
1: Barbie. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what gets me is we're, we're going up against those movies, but we're in the movie theater. We're really not struggling to try and win markets. Yeah, trust me, because. This is a seven-year-old movie that just went into the movie theaters. You gotta realize that that movie's seven years old and it's going in the movies. That's insane. I love it. I love it. That's that's the kind of fan base we have. That's that's what we have pulling this movie along. And um, you know, there's going to be a re-release of Terrifier Two in theaters as well. I believe in uh, come next Halloween. So yes. this is this is all exciting stuff. All exciting stuff. This is this is
0: such incredible from from a small budget. I mean, I used to be one of those kids that go to blockwash every Friday, and I would get me and my cousin. We would rent like two or three horror movies, and this would have been one of the movies we chose. Because we we after a while, you've seen all the major movies, and then you start getting to the indie movies. This this movie exactly would have been one of the movies that we would have rented on one of those Friday
1: nights. That's cool. I listen, I, you know, it, it's it's remarkable. But the fans, like I said, it's they've they've taken to it. That you know, you get you get people that say, "I watched this thing like ten times, twenty times." I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. You're catching up to me." <laughs> you know, uh, that's pretty exciting. You know that that's the kind of fan base we are. We live. No, we're not. I, I gotta ask you. Can I take a two second break and run right? Oh back yeah. Ah, I'll be right back, man. No problem. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. Oh, no problem. Oh. Oof. Here we go. I'm back. All right.
0: So speaking of success, all right, He had a 250 k budget for Terrifier 2. And it did $15 million in the box office. Pretty cool. That is insane. And, and you're not... How did you did you market it? Did, were you marketing it? Or this is all
1: word of mouth and social all media? word of mouth? I'm telling you, this was you know it, it's it's organic. It's the fans pushing for it. Um, you know we got We got to give credit where credits due. You know you have your distribution company, Cinedigm uh, and uh, Bloody Disgusting, um, put this. Uh, they wanted this in the theaters. Um, we it was supposed to be like ten to twenty theaters, I believe when we first were discussing this. So that was, that's why I said I, we never expected theatrical. Then it started growing. And um, when they started talking about the number of theaters, and we did those numbers in limited amount of theaters, I think we maxed out at like 1,500 theaters or close to it. And that's, that's an incredible amount of money in that many theaters for an indie ultra-low-budget film. That's, that's yeah. wild. It's wild. Very wild. Yeah. And, and it's also good for the industry. It's good for the indie industry. You know, it, it, it shows people that, you know, you can make a film that uh, appeals to the uh, to the audience and it can make it into theaters.
0: It's definitely a win for indie movie makers. Definitely. And... I think it was extremely impressive is Terrifier 2 has an
1: 85%. Yeah.
0: 85% on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: Yeah. That's pretty from cool. the critics. Critics, that's that's <laughs> that's wild, you know. That's that's wild. You know, you got to give a lot of credit. We had we had a let me tell you something, we had a great crew. You got, like I said, you had the Fuzz on the Lens kids, you had uh George Stuber. You had uh, my friend Lorenzo Bellello, who's one of the uh, producers uh, who helped me build a lot of the stuff upstate. Um, you know, uh, when you have guys like that, and you had Olga and Jackie on set. Um, Olga did the the set design, basically, with with Jackie basically assisting her on that, and then Jackie assisted on makeup. So you had, and I mean, I was I was rough on them on the set because. You know, as the producer, you want you want your sets to be to be done and ready and you got to film. So when you have to film, you know, it, it, it costs money just sitting around doing nothing or it, 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 it hurts the production. So I would be like, you got three seconds to get out of that thing or you're going to be in this film. So it's like she wasn't used to somebody like that. And I was like, get out of that scene. We're going. We got to move. That was like a, a mantra. We got to move. We got to move. Um, And then you're battling like when you're on a low budget film, you're battling your uh, your uh, surroundings. Like we were filming in a house that uh, I think it was like every 10 minutes, some type of uh, water system would kick in that we weren't allowed to shut off. And so you had to shoot your scenes in between this. And it was like (laughs) (laughs) some wild stuff. I I think I think 90 percent of the crew gets PTSD if they hear we got to go upstate.
0: <laughs> wow, I mean these 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 are the the, the own the own traumas of, of making this movie. The fans have their own traumas from this movie. <laughs> In Terrifier 2, there was a character, a uh, Pale Girl. I'm hoping that we learn more about this character and be expanded later as well,
1: because that was kind of a mystery. Yeah. And Amelie McLean, she, she, I'm telling you, a young girl like that pulling off those facial expressions and, and creeping you out like that is, is insane. Again, you know, like there's so many things that you, you know, that, and again, you know, you got, like I said, you got a kid, you know, a lot of people they come on and they blow smoke up people's ass. I think if somebody sucked on my set, I'd tell them, You suck, get out of here. You know, but we had so many cool people, like Elliot Fulham, you kid who played Jonathan, not only him, but his whole family, like you you can't make this film if you have a a, a, a a person that's saying, I, he's only doing two hours. Then he's going to sit down there. You know, we had parents that would say, all right, just, you know, make sure you take care of him, Make sure. But they sat there and they, 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 they hung in there with us, you know, knowing that this could be something. So, you know, you got, you got characters like that. You got parents like that. You got people like that. We just had so many good people working on the project.
0: I think that makes it all the better when you're successful that you you enjoyed working with all these people. And I think you can see the fruits of that labor on the screen.
1: Oh, I, you know what it is? Everybody was pushing and pulling in the right directions at the right time together. There were I, I don't think there was any, you know, usually on a set you you you'll have some tensions here and there, and I'm sure there were here and there. Um, you know, and I'm a I'm a I'm a rough guy at times, you know, especially when you're doing business. I don't ask anybody to do anything I wouldn't do. And I'll try to do more than anybody anyway. But, um, you know, on, on on this set, I can tell you that there's just so many good people and so many people working in the right direction. There wasn't there wasn't any times where I, you know, anything to do with film that I would get crazy and yell at somebody. Um some of the the behind-the-scenes stuff, like uh, taking care of the house that we was living in. I was like, yeah, guys, you got to pick up after yourself. Never mind, this bullshit. But um, other than that, I mean, the people were great, nice, um, easy to work with, a lot of grueling uh, work, and they all pulled their weight, so I have nothing bad to say about anybody.
0: There was a post-credit scene... Where art was uh, affectionately, I guess, reborn <laughs> in a way. Is that to let now Terrifier 3? It's been announced that Terrifier Three is happening and it will get a theatrical run, and you're gonna have the largest budget that you've had thus far. And was that was that ending plan knowing that you were going to have a terrifier three?
1: Um, you know, Damien and I on the franchise, and at this point, I'll call it a franchise because we're definitely having a three. Um, we knew we were going to do Terrifier three. Um, we knew what we had, like I said, we knew it was, we knew we did, we upped the game after Terrifier. So, Terrifier two, we knew we did much better. Um, so we knew, you know, Damien wanted the movie to end with that scene. Um, and I would, I loved the way the first ending is, you know. So I said, Damien, why don't we put it in the credits? And he wasn't thrilled with that. He was like, I don't like doing end credit scenes. And I was like, man, I love the way it ends when the little girl walks out with the head. I said, I just think it's cool. Can't we just throw the other scene into the, the credits? I said, it happens all the time because, I, you know, I'm really not big on that. And I believe somebody else mentioned to him and he said, uh, he calls me up and he goes, um, yeah, we're going to put it in the credits. I said, so somebody else had to tell you now, hey, what the fuck? (laughs) uh, You know, so I loved the way it ended, but I loved the other scene as well. So, you know, and we had a shot a different scene for that, by the way. But another movie had come out and the scene was very close to it. And uh, well, some of the parts in the scene were very close to it, and they got it out before us. Plus, they were a multi-million-dollar company that spent millions in their production, so ours wouldn't have compared with, to what they had. And theirs was all CGI; ours was all no. uh, practical. But Damien said we got we got to reshoot it, and that's one of the scenes we reshot. We redid that, um, and we're very proud of that scene. It, it really came out nice. Uh, but I didn't want to ruin the way it ended. And I think it worked out, you know, not that I'm a genius or anything, but I, you know, Damien, if Damien would have felt different, he would have did it his way. But I guess he realized, too, you know, it, it it's just plays so much nicer the way it goes. The only issue was I think sometimes we had to tell people, you know, this, this scene after this, don't leave so fast because that's a cool scene.
0: It very much was. Very much was. Now, I don't know how this is going to happen. But Damien said we haven't seen anything yet, and Terrifier 3 is going to even push the boundaries even further. And if we thought Terrifier 2 was extreme, we haven't seen anything yet. I'm I'm terrified and ready to go at the same time.
1: Yeah, I, um, you know, I've spoken to him about a few things. I'll never mention anything. Not, not one single part of Terrifier 3 will ever pass my lips until it's filmed. Um, but from what I've talked to him about and what I've seen him talk about, it's it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. Now we just got to do it, you know? We can't wait. I, I
0: love the fact that, you know, all these things are practical and it just adds this it adds this aspect to it that horror fans used to get when watching a horror movie so it's, oh, it's like me watching a movie when i was younger
1: i agree i agree listen i you know i i come from an era where uh cgi was not a thing um pretty much Star Wars changed it for me but to me too much cgi has come into play uh, not bashing anything. It's just that I like I like the hands-on work, and I'm not saying CGI isn't, but it's not the same. It's it's somebody at a computer playing with it, whereas this is somebody actually building things with their hands, and I really, really enjoy that.
0: Love to hear that. Now, regarding Terrifier two, there were that was a push. To be nominated for two Oscars, do you know what categories those were for?
1: Yes, um, f- for best actor for Tom, the TV executive. That was me, by the way. I, just, I was cut. <laughs> 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 I keep saying that's how we got. Um, I, I don't. I don't remember what they were talking about. I, be- I believe special effects was. Uh, I- I'm sure it was special effects that they were talking about. Um I don't know if there was another category but they, there was a push for uh and I think it was more uh somebody writing it in or something I, I don't know but that would have been cool as hell first of all, it would have been nice to see that um it, it you know something for special effects would have went up because i you know <laughs> have right. been wild you know like ha- you know it's like so many of my dreams have come true that this would have been like got an oscar nomination god damn but um you know so you you look at it as uh i'm sure it was more of uh i would say a ploy at that point um by someone to try and get something going shake it up i think the funny part about that i think steve martin had mentioned it once was um He would love to see the faces of the people that were forced to watch it because of it, Um, you know, just because it was uh, actually put up there now. So they had to watch it. But it would have been cool to see an indie film get that type of recognition um, to show that work was done. And I think uh, there should be some more indie uh, categories, say, in the – in the Oscars. I mean, it's been failing miserably lately anyway. So just, um, you know, make it more exciting, make it where it's not just mainstream. Right. I agree. I completely agree with that. So
0: with terrifier three coming up and now before there wasn't, I guess, a lot of expectation. Now, you know, you're, you're this, you're a franchise now and very successful and people love it. there, is there, any pressure or is it like, we're just going to do, keep doing what we've done because that's what they love and take it as far as we can. Or is, but, it, is there some pressure?
1: Well, There's always pressure. You know, one of the things I've always said, you know, I, I, I get offered to, to work on a lot of small little things that, I, and I say it's always got to, I always got to feel like, A, I could contribute and make it better. B, it's, it's got to move in the right direction. It can't bring me back. I always want to move forward. Um, I believe Damien's the same way. I think that's why we get along so well. Um, You know, we're always trying to better ourselves, even though my my mantra to him is uh, close is good. (laughs) He um, he likes to be a perfectionist, Um, but we always try to improve on what we've done already. So we'll always try to push the envelope. We'll always try and make things better the pressure is there to do better. I believe we will do better. And I believe we'll, we'll bring more to the table. Um, but we always want to stay close to where the fans wanted us. You know what I'm saying? Um, we don't want to go too far out of, out of, uh, out of our, our not comfort zone, but out of the fans comfort zone. We want to stay there because they're the people that got us here. So we, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it, it's wild now. I don't know how much no, is known, but you know, we, we've turned, we turned down some studios because we wanted to stay with our fans for what they wanted. So, you know, we, we're Cinevere, which is now Cineverse. Um, they were willing to keep us, to allow us to do what we wanted to do. Otherwise we were going to be again, very small, um, uh, again it would have been mostly me funding it um but cineverse came through and they said you do guys do what you want and and let's make this happen so you know we had to finalize some things that's why it took so long but we ended up where we're going to be able to give the fans what they want and not what a studio might have wanted
0: that's what we love to hear that's actually i think that's an issue also with with, with some franchises or some movies that sometimes studio gets involved, they're not like true to what the actual, you know, story... What made the story good? What made the story popular to the fan base? And I love to hear that that's the direction you went in.
1: Well, listen, the studio... A studio film is, a, is an awesome thing because you could do so much more with it. But they also come with restrictions um the restrictions are high don't get me wrong they they want you to put out even a better product but they give you limitations and we didn't want limitations we want we wanted to be able to do what we wanted
0: and i'm, I'm sure all the fans are going to appreciate that now i don't i don't know if you've, if you've ever gotten this question before maybe you have it's always been this is going to sound kind of crazy also. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's been my dream to be brutally murdered in a movie or TV show or series. How do I how do I audition to be destroyed and become an art the clown exhibition
1: showpiece? Wow, that's a that's a tough one because uh the the way it happens is you gotta you gotta go through casting. Okay. Um, you audition for roles, depending on the role that's and you you know. Even in today's world, you don't come off looking like uh, uh, a female uh, lead, <laughs> so you'd have to stick with male roles, which cut which <laughs> your your, uh, your possibilities. But you go there's there's levels of casting here where we don't just. Um, you know, grab people we know and do things like that. We we, we have auditions for roles. Um, and it goes through like three levels before it even gets to Damien and I. Um, Damien puts out a certain thing where what he's looking for. Then it goes through uh, casting. Then it goes through another person um, that, that handles casting for us. They send us what they feel is closest to what Damien is looking for and the, the top quality. And then it gets filtered to us and then Damien will go through it. And then he'll come to me and say, Phil, these are the people I'm looking at. What do you think? And I'll go through it. And, um, you know, it's usually, you know, I'll never get in the way of Damien's creativity. I'll always say, you know, do what you think's best, but this is what I think. Um, we've been uh, pretty, pretty much on target with everything. Like when he says, I like this person for this role, I'm going I want to use her and I'll, you know, I'll say, good. You know, usually when it gets to us, the talent is so high that there really isn't, you know, much sway either way. It's just a certain look that Damien wants. And, um, it's, it, it's, it's been working out well. So I don't think we're going to change that much now for a different franchise. Um, I'm gonna say there's there's less restrictions to trying to get into a, a an indie film, um, an indie horror film. I'm not saying it's easier. I'm it, it's just might be more where you know you cast directly to the 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 director or something because it's even a smaller budget. But with Oz on Terrifier two, it went through three levels just to get to us, and then. Damien and I would sift through it and, and see what we liked the most. Gotcha. And you've done a fantastic job in the casting.
0: So that process works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finally, do you have any advice for anyone that's that wants to make an indie movie, whether it's, it could be horror or any other type of movie?
1: Um. Yeah, just, you know, my, my, listen, I've done, my whole life has been go for it. You know, you, you, you want to do it, you do it. Um, you know, I, I wanted to be in film since I was 13 years old. I actually worked in the film business, um, different end of the film business. It was more on the, uh, you know, just putting reels on, uh, reels, rolls of film on reels and sending them to theaters. Um, but, you know, I wanted to do something that I could afford a family and I knew it wasn't going to be in films at the time. So or I felt it wasn't going to be in films at the time. So I went a different route. But I always had that urge to do films. So I always dabbled in it. Um in one way or another. Like I would talk to people that knew films. I, I, I opened up a club in Manhattan and I met a lot of film people. Um, but when it was time and I felt I could I was ready for it. I actually did it. It just wasn't as an actor. It was as a director. Um, That's how I met Damien, uh, doing a movie called Joe's War. I uh, co-wrote and directed it, and um, I met Damien through there. Um, Then I produced uh, Terrifier and did the special effects with Damien. Then we did Terrifier too. I'm supposed to uh, do another film. So this is in my retirement years. I'm doing what I always wanted. So what I would tell somebody that's getting involved is if you really want it, go for it. You only get one, you know, you only get one role in this uh, life. So just go for it. Um, it doesn't mean, you know, you don't have to start with a huge budget. You could do something small, try and build um, a, a, a crew. You know, we, we started very small and we're building out. We, you know, we've, we've grown with people. Um, and you got to have the right people you got to have people that are uh, like-minded um, people that want the same things in life you got to leave egos check them at the door egos kill relationships so you you, you want to build a nice nucleus of everybody that wants to do the same thing and pulls for one another you don't want people that are memes. you know I did it I did it I did it you, you don't need that because that's that's just hurtful um you don't want anybody, Taking credit from somebody else. So, what you want is people that are always going to go out and say, "Oh man, we had a great crew. These guys did everything." And that's what you want because when you have people like that, nothing gets in the way. These are these are all going in the same direction. So, I, I mean, I might be all over the place here, but that's what it takes to 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 be successful in something. You got to have like minded people, people that you get along with, people that you really like, not just like, hey, is that right? You got to have people you like. And then you go for it. And you give it your all. You know, my father brought me up. He said, don't do anything unless you're going to do it to the best of your ability and you're willing to sign your name to it. And that's how I've done everything. I don't go at anything where I'm not willing to back it.
0: I, I hope that answers it. That's that was great advice. Thank you. That was such great advice. I want to thank you for your time. Oh, and, thank you. And I wish the Terrifier franchise much success in the future. I'm looking forward to
1: Terrifier Three. I can't wait. Well, I appreciate it, man. I I, I really do. Thank you so much for having me on here. I don't I don't do these very often, so it's it's fun, you know. And uh, I, I like talking about it. It's a, it's a passion. So thank you so much for having me on. And I appreciate the fans. So thank you all. Thank you.